The Golden Globe nominations are out and award season is officially underway. I've got my breakdown right now. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Merle here with my thoughts on the Golden Globe nominations, which were announced earlier today. Now, when you talk about Hollywood awards, the Golden Globes are probably some of the least consequential, but they get a lot of attention for many different reasons. Traditionally, they were always one of the first award shows. Now they're sort of in the crush with everything else. But the Golden Globes are also kind of weird and different, or at least they were. In case you haven't been keeping up, the Golden Globe Awards have gone through a huge change in the last couple of years. First of all, the vote Voters for the Golden Globes are no longer the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. That group has been disbanded after it attempted to weather multiple different scandals, and its roster has more than tripled from around 75 to about 300. Now, it is still comprised of a group of journalists from around the world, so that international flavor is what makes the Golden Globes a little bit more distinctive. It's not exactly the same critics, and it's not actors, directors, etc. who are voting. It is this specially curated group. And the the Golden Globes themselves have been sold. They are not their own entity anymore. They are part of now Dick Clark Productions, which produced the show for many, many years. They won't be on NBC. They will be on CBS this year. They were airing on NBC since the 1960s, I think. So it's a year of big changes for the Golden Globes. Now, will that mean that the award show is different, that it's as unpredictable as it always was? We'll, we'll just have to see. That was always, for me, what made the Golden Globes so watchable, the fact that nobody really took them seriously, which meant that nobody really took the show seriously, which meant that the stars usually had a little bit too much to drink and did really silly stuff on the air. If it just becomes another boring award show, which it kind of already was anyway, then it loses a lot of its appeal. But I think that it does help to set the tone and the tenor of the awards season discussion. And I'm going to be covering awards season extensively this year. And the Golden Globes with these nominations today are helping to kick off this awards season. The critics groups have been picking their top 10, top five movies of the year so far. We're going to look at all of that data in the next several weeks, and we'll try to determine as we go into the Academy Awards, which movies, which actors are leading the race. Now, the important thing to note about the Golden Globe Awards, or really any awards voting body, is that even though the Golden Globes aren't officially the Hollywood Foreign Press Association anymore, they are still a selection committee of sorts. They are given many different options, and they select the finalists who will go on to win the big prize. And this isn't really just limited to movies. Sometimes it's, let's say, sports or college football. You trust these selection committees to put the most worthy finalists in those final positions. But as we know, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes, in the face of every shred of evidence, sometimes even when it would be unprecedented to leave someone or something out of a major category, they do get left out of that category. And what do you do when that happens? Well, there's really nothing that you can do. You have to just take it because the selection committee has spoken. And no matter how stupid you think their selection is, or no matter how nonsensical their explanations are, it just is what it is, and you're going to have to sit there and let it drive you crazy forever. And like I said, sometimes it's movies, and sometimes it's Florida State football. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? All you have to do is go undefeated next season once again. It's not that hard, right? Anyway, I digress. Also, one quick note, I'm on the tail end of a cold. I feel fine, but my voice may go in and out a little bit depending on the access that I have to tea and water while I'm filming. So apologies if I sound a little husky, but hey, let's just chalk it up to the excitement of talking about all these awards.
The Golden Globe nominations were scheduled to be announced this morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 5 a.m. Pacific Time, but the announcement itself didn't start until about 7.15, and then they did several categories, and then they took like a seven to eight minute break and then finished the rest of the announcements. And I have to say, Golden Globes, listen, you can either start 15 minutes late or you can take the seven minute break in the middle, but you can't do both. I mean, were you trying to make sure people aren't gonna be fashionably late to your announcement? If you're gonna start at 7.13, tell people you're gonna start at 7.13. I would've hit that snooze button one more time. Give me that 10 minutes of extra sleep, Golden Globes. The nominations were announced by Cedric the Entertainer and Wilmer Valderrama, who had the energy of what I can only describe as a high school principal who just wanted to get this assembly over with on the last day of school. All right, let's get it started. Best performance by male actor in a television series and drama. Brian Cox, Secession. Karen Culkin, Succession. And the poor student who had to present his final book report in front of the class. Rachel Brosnahan, the marvelous... Mrs. Maisel. And I've got to say, for the New Look Golden Globes, this was not a great start. This announcement video was very sloppy. When they did that break in the middle, they just stuck with the camera shot. You saw the guy from the camera department go up there so they could test the focus. Like I said, they started late. The energy wasn't really there. You know, there are companies that produce these things professionally. One of those companies is Dick Clark Productions, who couldn't quite seem to produce their own awards announcement video. It's not a great sign for the Golden Globes, but you know what? It's the first year with the new look. I'll cut them a little slack, but not that much. Now, the Globes did nominations in both movies and television. I'll really just be covering movies here. I don't really cover the TV Golden Globes. I may cover the Emmys when they air later this month. And we will look at the individual categories in just a minute. But overall, Barbie had the most nominations of any film with nine. Three of those were in the original song category. Oppenheimer had the second most nominations with eight, followed by Poor Things and Killers of the Flower Moon with seven nominations and Past Lives with five nominations. There were a few movies that received no nominations. One of them was Napoleon, which was once considered perhaps an awards season frontrunner. It appears to be pretty much dead in the water. We'll have to wait for the Craft Awards to see if it gets some love as far as cinematography and all of that stuff. But it appears that any aspirations for the major acting awards or for Ridley Scott as a director are not going to happen. That has lost a lot of buzz since the movie opened. Also, Michael Mann's Ferrari did not receive any nominations. Nothing for Michael Mann, nothing for his cast. We'll see if that movie has lost momentum. The Iron Claw from A24, they are making a big late push for this movie, but it didn't get any nominations. I can say as a member of various critics groups that the screeners for the Iron Claw went out very late in the process, and the movie isn't even out in theaters for another couple of weeks. So this could be one of those films that a lot of the Golden Globe voters just haven't watched yet. And I wish that I could say that the process worked better than that, but sometimes if you get a screener late, you just don't have time to watch it before you do your nominations. I've already had a few movies that I've seen after I submitted various nominations for critics groups that I said, oh, I wish I'd seen that movie before I nominated. These deadlines are getting so early now that there's almost no way to see everything that you need to see before you start nominating things for these different groups. Hopefully, I will be able to watch everything I want to watch before I make my own list of the 10 best movies or my 10 favorite movies of 2023, and I'm working pretty hard to make sure that I can make the space to do that. Ava DuVernay's origin is also just now beginning to build buzz. Neon is trying to time that campaign right. It also is unrepresented here at the Golden Globes. We'll see if it picks up some momentum as award season goes on.
So let's look at some of these individual categories, and we'll start with these supporting categories. They are not broken up between drama and comedy as the lead categories are at the Golden Globes. So we have first the category of Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture. The six nominees are Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, Jodie Foster for Nyad, Julianne Moore for May-December, Rosamund Pike for Saltburn, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Rosamund Pike was a bit of a surprise for me here. I thought that she was great in Saltburn, but I worry that her role might be considered too slight for awards nomination. Taraji P. Henson had gotten a lot of buzz as a supporting performer for The Color Purple. She may still be in contention with the other guilds and the Oscars, but Danielle Brooks looks to be the real focus here in the supporting categories for The Color Purple. This is another movie that hasn't yet opened, won't open for another couple weeks, but the screeners are out, so we'll see how the buzz goes and also how it does at the box office. For Best Supporting Actor, the nominees were Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Charles Melton for May-December, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. And I think that these actors would be categorized as the six right now. I think that they are the leading contenders. Coleman Domingo, some people were thinking, might be able to swing a lead performance nomination and a supporting performance nomination, supporting for the color purple, but that doesn't look to be crystallizing just yet. And honestly, looking at these six nominees, good luck, because I actually loved all of these performances, I would have a tough time picking which one is my favorite or which one to vote for. And I think that they honestly would all be worthy individually if they weren't competing against each other to win the award, not just this award, but the Academy Awards. So supporting actor, I think, might be the biggest, deepest, and most stacked category in the awards race this year. And I it's, it's awful because I don't have a favorite, but it's also because I love all of them. And I'm going to be sad to see the five losers in this category or the four when it comes to the Academy Awards. Let's move on now to Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. The six nominees were Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario, Timothy Chalamet in Wonka, Matt Damon in Air, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, Joaquin Phoenix in Bo is Afraid, and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. Of these six nominees, I would say that Paul Giamatti and Jeffrey Wright are the ones that are considered to be in serious Oscar contention. I think that Nicolas Cage and Joaquin Phoenix, it's great to see both of them here because I thought that they were actually both great individually in movies that were more of a mixed bag as a whole. Matt Damon, I have no real qualm with him being here. I thought he was very good in air. And Timothy Chalamet is... I mean, listen, he's a really good actor, and I'm sure they'll be very happy to have him in the audience if he decides to show up. I liked Wonka. I didn't love it, and I didn't think that Chalamet was a particularly great fit in that role, so I probably would have given that nomination to somebody else, but, you know, I'm not going to begrudge the guy for showing up for a free dinner. For Best Actor in a Drama, the six nominees were Bradley Cooper in Maestro, Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo in Rustin, Barry Keoghan in Saltburn, Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, and Andrew Scott in All of Us Strangers. I'm very happy to see Barry Keoghan make the cut. Saltburn is a divisive film, but I thought he was great in it. Andrew Scott is interesting. All of Us Strangers is making a bit of a late awards push as we get into this sort of beginning of the end or end of the first phase or whatever you want to call it. It wasn't one of the movies like The Holdovers that was kind of on people's radars early, but Andrew Scott specifically is really starting to pop up in a lot of these races. So All of Us Strangers is a movie that I have yet to see, and it's also one that should be on the radar if you're following the awards season. I still need to see Rustin and All of Us Strangers, so 
I can't really pick my personal favorite here. But I think it's still a pretty wide open category. And really the absence of Joaquin Phoenix in this race, in the dramatic actor race, really underscores the weakness of Napoleon with the awards voters. The Golden Globes added a couple of new categories and the one they added on the movie side is basically the version of the award that the Oscars tried to add a few years ago. It's called the Box Office Achievement Award and it's for excellence in movies that made a bunch of money. I think the criteria is that it has to made $150 million worldwide, $100 million of that at the U.S. domestic box office, and the eight movies that were nominated for achievement in box office are Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, Oppenheimer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. This is basically the top 10 domestic movies of the year, minus The Little Mermaid, Sound of Freedom, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and then adding in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Honestly, I think this is a really stupid award, because what is it? What 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 is it even? Like, is it about the best movie? Because if it's about the best movie, then you can eliminate everything but Barbie and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer because those are the two most nominated movies. I, I hate this. I hate this idea. I hope it goes off very poorly and they decide not to do it anymore. And it's not just because like, oh, I don't think that these movies deserve to be in there. It's just what is this award? What is it celebrating? Let's move on to the Best Actress races, and we'll look first at Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy. The nominees are Fantasia Barrino in The Color Purple, Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings, Natalie Portman in May-December, Alma Poiste in Fallen Leaves, Margot Robbie in Barbie, and Emma Stone in Poor Things. There are no major omissions here. There are some surprising inclusions. I did not expect Jennifer Lawrence to be nominated for No Hard Feelings, but she is a big movie star and the Golden Globes like to nominate big movie stars and have them attend their ceremonies and appear on camera. So really, the more things change, the more they stay the same at the Golden Globes. Fallen Leaves is a tiny little movie out of Finland that seems to have really struck a chord with Golden Globes voters. We see here an appearance in the Best Actress race. But there's one thing that really puzzles me here, and that is with Natalie Portman's nomination, because Julianne Moore was in the supporting category. When this popped up, Best Musical or Comedy? May, December is categorized as a comedy. This, this is not a Martian situation here. This is not a situation where there's a drama that has a bunch of jokes that they throw into the comedy category because they don't want to deal with being in the drama category. And, you know, if you squint at the Martian and look at it sideways, you can say, okay, I could see how that's a comedy. May, December is a movie about long-term trauma and emotional abuse. It is an absolutely shattering film in places. Charles Melton is one of my favorite performances, and I'll tell you, it's not because of the comedy elements, and I don't even remember any comedy elements in the movie, not even dark comedy. I have no idea how May, December is being categorized as a musical or comedy. I'll tell you this, it's definitely not a musical, which would leave comedy as the only other option, and I'll tell you this as well, in it in one of those either. So I am shocked that they allowed this movie to be in the musical or comedy category because it is absolutely, I could say almost definitively, objectively not a comedy, and yet here it is.
Let's move on now to where May December should be competing, and that's Best Actress in a Drama. The nominees are Annette Benning for Nyad, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Holler for Anatomy of a Fall, Greta Lee for Past Lives, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Kaylee Spaney for Priscilla. This is pretty much as expected. No real surprise inclusions or exclusions. I've yet to see Nyad, but I can say that the other five performances in this category, again, are very strong, and that's kind of how I feel about so many of the performances in the movies this year. Apart from one or two, I feel good about a lot of the movies that came out this year, but I don't have strong favorites. And so I would be happy to see so many of these different performers win. I think that Lily Gladstone has the early momentum and is the early frontrunner. But as we've seen so many times during the awards season, that doesn't always translate to winning the Academy Awards. Sometimes, yes, you're Ki Hui Kwan and you are the early favorite and you win every award. You run the table. Sometimes, though, you're Kate Blanchett. And it seems like you're destined to win the award. And then someone comes through at the end with the late surge. And Michelle Yeoh's up there holding the Academy Award. Both deserving performances. But the idea of momentum is something that sometimes will carry you through. And sometimes you almost don't want that early momentum. We've got a lot more to break down. But before we do, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Mint Mobile. The holiday season is all about giving to others, but it's okay to give something to yourself every once in a while. And with Mint Mobile's best wireless deal of the year, you can give yourself the gift of insane savings this holiday season. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. That's six months of premium wireless service for the price of three. And you don't have to get out in that holiday traffic because Mint Mobile lets you order and activate everything from home. So let's say you're paying 60 bucks a month for your mobile plan. You can take that 360 bucks you pay for six months of service, and by switching to Mint, you can turn that into $90, which with three months free becomes 45 bucks for six months of wireless service. An extra $300 in your pocket would feel pretty good, right? All Mint Mobile plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan, or if you need a new device for a limited time, you can get six months of free service when you buy a select device and plan. For a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash Merle. That's mintmobile.com slash Merle. New customers only, additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. One category that's very interesting at the Golden Globes is what's called film not in the English language. And it's different from the way that the Academy Awards, for example, do their international film categories. For the Academy Awards, the films have to come from a country that is not the United States. For the Golden Globes, the movies just have to not be in the English language, and there's no official submission as in there's one movie for a country that has to be picked. And so we have an interesting selection of nominees this year. First of all, we have Anatomy of a Fall, which is not eligible for the Best International Film Oscar because France chose not to submit it as their entry. So that will not be the Academy Award winner for Best International Film. Then we have Fallen Leaves, which is Finland's official Oscar entry. Past Lives is in this category. Again, it is not an international film, but it is not in the English language as defined by the Golden Globes. So it is eligible in this category. You will not see it at the Oscars for Best International Film, mainly because it's a film from America. 
Io Capitano is nominated. It is Italy's official Oscar entry. Society of the Snow was nominated. It is Spain's official Oscar entry. The movie's directed by J.A. Bayona, and it's based on the same true story that the 1993 film Alive was based on. And then finally, we have The Zone of Interest, which is the official Oscar entry of the United Kingdom. A lot of people have The Zone of Interest as the odds-on favorite for the Best International Feature Oscar, but should either Past Lives or Anatomy of a Fall win here in this category, then we won't really get much of a feel for how this group of voters was thinking about the film amongst the other international features because there are two movies there that just aren't eligible for the Academy Awards. Oftentimes, the Golden Globes do have the same crop of nominees for the films that are not in an English language as the Academy Awards do. This is a year, though, where that is not the case. There are also two international features in the race for Best Animated Feature. Those nominees are The Boy and the Heron from Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki, Elemental, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Suzume, and Wish. And I have to say for the record that the pronunciation in this category was particularly terrible in this morning's announcement video. Spider-Man Across the Universe, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Suzume. Some of this was expected, although I am glad to see Suzume make the cut at the Golden Globes. I was surprised to see the Super Mario Brothers movie nominated above movies like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, or Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, or Nimona, movies that people thought, and really I would have thought based on the quality. I mean, listen, I thought that the Super Mario Brothers movie was, was fine, it was cute, but I would not have put it up there with these other movies. Again, uh, Peaches was nominated for uh, Best uh, Original Song, the Super Mario Brothers movie was nominated for Achievement in Blockbuster Filmmaking, so it seems like the Golden Globe voters quite enjoy the Super Mario Brothers movie to the exclusion of some other movies that people might have expected to be in this category. And I was also surprised to see Wish in this category again because the movie just hasn't been that well received critically, but it was received well enough by Golden Globe voters to make it a finalist for the best animated feature of the year. Let's look now at the nominees for Best Screenplay. They do not break it up at the Golden Globes between Adapted and Original Screenplay. So the six films nominated are Barbie, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Past Lives, and Anatomy of a Fall. It is surprising not to see the holdovers here, which many people have as the odds-on favorite, perhaps to win Best Original Screenplay, but the movie didn't play necessarily that well with Globes voters, so it did not make the cut here in this combined category for screenplay. Also, if we're trying to read the tea leaves in that race between the zone of interest and Anatomy of a Fall for the best film not in the English language race, the fact that we have Anatomy of a Fall here in the screenplay category and don't have the zone of interest here could indicate perhaps that voters are leaning a bit more towards Anatomy of a Fall, although again, you never know with these things. Looking at the nominees for Best Director, the six nominees are Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Celine Song for Past Lives. No Alexander Payne, as I mentioned, for The Holdovers, and also no international directors. So we got neither Justine Triette, who directed Anatomy of a Fall, nor did we get Jonathan Glazer, who directed The Zone of Interest. Past Lives is a very popular film this year with Golden Globes voters, and it seems like Celine Song may have come in and been competitive for that slot that may have gone to either of those two directors. 
Let's get to the Best Picture nominees now, and we'll look first at the nominees for Best Picture, Comedy, or Musical. Those nominees were Air, American Fiction, Barbie, The Holdovers, May, December, and Poor Things. So The Holdovers is in the category. However, The Color Purple was not nominated for Best Musical in this category, which may indicate that this has a bit of a weaker stance with these early voters as far as the movie overall. Does that perhaps impact its Best Picture possibilities as we get towards the Academy Awards? Who knows? A lot of people haven't seen the movie yet, and the Globes voters and Oscar voters, they don't have the same sensibilities. But I was somewhat surprised to not see The Color Purple nominated in this category. In fact, we had no actual musicals that were nominated in Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy, and we had one drama in May-December. So, you know, the musicals, even though they were around a lot this year, didn't perform this well in their own category. And finally, the six nominees for Best Motion Picture Drama were Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and The Zone of Interest. This is basically chalk. No real surprises here if you're going to name the six frontrunners or the six movies that people expected to be here. Those would be the six. A couple of quick notes in the music categories. As I mentioned earlier, there were three songs from Barbie that were nominated in the Best Original Song Race. I'm Just Ken, Dance the Night, and What Was I Made For. Peaches from the Super Mario Brothers movie was also nominated. And actually, there were no songs that were actually from musicals nominated in the category at all. So nothing from Wish, nothing from Wonka, nothing from The Color Purple that was an original song. All of those movies from comedy or drama films no musical songs. Also, when we're talking about the nominees for Best Original Score, it was pretty much as expected, but Joe Hisaishi got a nomination for his work on The Boy and the Heron. Joe Hisaishi has been a longtime collaborator with Hayao Miyazaki at Studio Ghibli, and this is actually the first time that he's been nominated for an Oscar, a Golden Globe, or a BAFTA for his work on Studio Ghibli or his work in any film. So good to see him get the recognition he deserves for his beautiful music. And that does it for my rundown of the Golden Globe Film nominations. Later this week, the Critics' Choice nominations will be revealed. That will happen on Wednesday. I actually am lucky enough to get to contribute to those nominations. So I'll have a breakdown of those nominations probably next week, along with a broader look at the awards season as it stands so far, what the New York film critics have liked, what the LA film critics have liked, the AFI, the National Board of Review. And we can start to get a bigger look at what this awards season is shaping up to be for people that say, well, why should I care about movie awards? You shouldn't. They're completely meaningless. They mean absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. And there are much bigger problems in the world and other things to worry about. But it's just kind of a fun thing to do. I've always followed it and a lot of other people do it. It's not to be taken seriously. But I think it's an intensely interesting subject matter. And I thank you if you join me here on the channel to watch me talk about these awards. What did you think of the Golden Globe nominations? Did your favorites make the cut? Did they not make the cut? Let me know down in the comments below and stay tuned right here. Charts with Dan will be here tomorrow as long as more movie news, reviews, box office, and more. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.